what's coming up now on Established in the Faith. You have to lay down on his operating table every day. It's not a one-time thing, ladies and gentlemen. You get up every day and you lay down on God's operating table and you let God operate in your heart and life and let him cut away the things that don't need to be there. Hello, neighbor, and welcome today to Established in the Faith. This is Pastor James Pierce of Friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina, and how so very pleased and happy we are to be with you today. Got a great message lined up for you. Hope you can stay with us for the next 30 minutes. If not, let me encourage you to go over to establishedinthefaith.com. There you can listen to today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. Well, we're going to go on into the message now. Hope and pray it'll be a blessing to you. have your Bibles this morning, would you turn with me please to the book of Colossians. We're going to be coming to you from two passages of Scripture today, or at least that's my intention. Dealing with Colossians chapter 2 and verse 12, first of all, and then we'll be going to Romans chapter 6. But beginning in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 12, the Apostle Paul said, Buried with him in baptism wherein also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God who hath raised him from the dead. And you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you all trespasses. Go to Romans chapter 6 in your Bibles. And move down to verse 3. Romans chapter 6 and verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. And I want to talk to you for a few minutes this morning about baptism. Baptism. During the time that I was licensed to preach, we hired a new pastor, voted him in. He was fresh out of school, had just been ordained, And the Lord blessed his ministry. We had several to get saved, and they wanted to join the church. And we had just built a new church building and a new baptistry, and everybody was all excited about all the new things that were happening in the church. And we went in on the Sunday morning that we were to have the baptism. We were to have the baptism that afternoon. The baptistry had never been used before. Just as a little side note, I wired the thing. But at any rate, the pastor that we had, I could tell there was something on his mind. There was something bothering him. And he caught me after service 
that Sunday morning and pulled me into one of the Sunday school rooms and closed the door. And when he closed the door, I said, "Uh uh-oh, this ain't good. And he said, Brother James, I'm kind of concerned about this afternoon. I said, well, brother, there's nothing to worry about. When I wired the baptistry, I, you know, I made sure everything was grounded. He said, that ain't what I'm talking about. He said, when, when you're going through all the schooling to be ordained, they don't give you any hands-on experience or training in baptizing people. He said, I've never baptized anyone before. He said, I don't even know how to hold my hands. Hey, what am I going to do? I said, well, my brother, I said, I've seen it done many times, as I'm sure you have. But, I mean, it's one thing to sit out here and watch someone be baptized. But believe me, friend, it's a totally different thing when you're up there in the tank and you've got somebody else in your hands and you're trying to dunk them down in the water and get them baptized and get them back up out of the tank without them drowning. But they don't train you in any of that when you're coming along. You kind of got to figure some things out for yourself. I said, well, brother, is there anything I can do to, to help you? He said, yeah, I need somebody to practice on. He said, can you meet me over here this afternoon at 3 o'clock? And you, you're coming along, and you're going to be ordained before too long, and you're going to need, we can, we can practice baptizing one another. So what a sight it must have been in that little small country church over there at Watson's Grove, two free will Baptist preachers practicing baptizing one another in the tank. (laughs) Most people, when they think of baptism, they think of water baptism. But understand this today, ladies and gentlemen, water baptism does not save you you'll go down a dry center and come up a wet center that water will not save you preacher baptized a little boy one sunday brought him up out of the water and asked the little boy said did you find jesus he said no sir i left my glasses in the sunday school room so you won't find jesus in the baptismal tank Matter of fact, you got to find Jesus before you get in the baptismal tank. Amen? See, because baptism is just an outward expression of an inward work that has already taken place in your heart. It is an operation of God that takes place in your heart when you get saved. And that water baptism is just an outward expression. It is symbolic. As you go down in that water, it typifies the death and burial of Jesus Christ. And when you come up out of the water, it typifies, symbolizes His resurrection and your resurrection to walk in a newness of life. And that's what water baptism is. Colossians 2 and verse 12. The Apostle Paul said, We are buried with Him. Twice in this verse, the Apostle Paul uses that phrase, with Him. The word baptism means to come into union with. Baptism. 
means to come into union with. Buried with him in baptism, wherein also you are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God. That's how you come into union with Christ, is by placing your faith in God's operation. And let me tell you something, God's plan of redemption has been in operation even before the foundation of the world. And it was revealed to Adam and Eve after the fall in Genesis 3 and 15, when God said, the seed of the woman will bruise the head of the serpent. God later spoke to Abraham, called him out of Ur of the Chaldees. Separate yourself from among your kindred and your father's house. And I will make of you a great nation. And through that nation, the Redeemer would come. It was to Abraham's grandson, Jacob. God later changed his name to Israel. But God told Jacob, Israel told him that it would be through the tribe of Judah that the Redeemer would come. Later it would be to David. And God said it would be through David's family that the Messiah, the Redeemer of mankind, would come. Isaiah comes on the scene and he said, A virgin shall conceive and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Emmanuel, God with us. And then it was to the little virgin girl Mary that the angel Gabriel came to her one night and said, Thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son. Call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. And nine months later, little baby Jesus was born. <laughs> Glory to God. Born in a manger. He lived a perfect life. He never sinned one time in word, thought, or deed. He kept the law of God perfectly. And he went to an old rugged cross. And he died for your sins. And he died for my sins. Because the Bible says the wages of sin is death. And all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. And Jesus Christ died on Calvary. He died for you, sir. He died for you, young lady. He died for every one of you in this place. Every one of you listening to me by radio today. He died for you. He loves you today. And three days later, he come up out of that grave. Glory to God. And that resurrection is proof of his perfect life. It was proof that God accepted his sacrifice. Glory to God. And this of which I have just given to you this morning. This is God's operation. God's plan of redemption that's been in operation since the foundation of the world. It's called the gospel. And Paul said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the power of God unto salvation. He said, I know to the Jews it is a stumbling block. And to the Greeks it's foolishness. But to those of us who are saved, it is the power of God. 
It's the power of God because when Jesus died on Calvary and he paid man's sin debt, it opened up the door for the Holy Spirit to come in a way that he could not do under the old economy of God, under the New Testament. He can now come and live in your heart. Jesus told the disciples, he said, you've got the Spirit with you, but on the day of Pentecost, he shall be in you. You might talk funny a little bit. But you'll have the Holy Ghost in you. Glory to God. You've got the most powerful force in the universe living down on the inside of you. And it's all made possible by faith in the operation of God. You see... Every single one of us are born with a sin nature. It has killed every single human being that's ever lived and will continue to do so. The condition that you have is terminal. It's going to take you out. Now the doctor may say it's cancer or they may say it's COVID or it might be this, that, or the other. But sin is what ultimately takes us out. The Bible is the only book in the world that deals with sin. And when we think of sin, normally we think of acts of sin. But the Bible deals with the cause of sin. Acts of sin are just a symptom of the problem. The Bible deals with the cause of the problem, and it is the sin nature. And the only way for God to address the sin nature is with an operation. Look at what he said, Colossians 2 and 13. Paul said, and you being dead in your sins, that's before you got saved. You were dead in your sins. You weren't just bad sick, you were dead. We were dead men and women walking, dead to God, dead to the things of God. Before you got saved, you, could have, you couldn't care less about going to church. But now that you're saved, you hear every Sunday the doors open. That's part of that change that takes place in your heart. He said, you were dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh. Now, we dealt with this last week. We're going to touch on it a little bit more this week. The right, R-I-T-E, the right of circumcision was given to Abraham in Genesis chapter 17. All the men of Israel and including the little boy babies were to be circumcised. And everyone who would ever follow thereafter, which would be Israel, all the men of Israel had to be circumcised it was a physical act an operation a knife was used blood was shed flesh was removed it was a physical act of circumcision that pointed to a spiritual act of circumcision that would take place with every single one of us today under the new testament 
Paul said in Colossians 2 verse 11, he talked about the circumcision made without hands in putting off the body of the sins of the flesh. That's the sin nature. That's the sin nature being cut off. That's the operation of God that takes place in your heart and life when you get saved. God uses the cross of Christ as a scalpel. And he cuts away that tumor of the sin nature. Cuts it off. Throws it away. Does away with it. To where it no longer affects you like it once did. That power source is gone. And he replaces it with a new power source, the Holy Spirit. Glory to God. Just like a doctor would go in with a scalpel and cut away a tumor. He does it to save your life. And let me tell you, Jesus is the greatest doctor that ever lived. He wants to come to you today with the scalpel of the cross. And he wants to cut away something that does not need to be there in your heart and life. You see, the sin nature, it, it's cut off the moment you get saved. But sin spreads like a cancer. The roots of sin grows into every aspect of our life and living. And although the, the, that tumor, God cuts it out the moment you get saved, you've still got some roots going down into your pocketbook. And it keeps you from putting money in the offering plate like you should. Is any, he that has an ear to hear, let him hear what the Spirit is saying. You've got a root that is going down inside of you, although the sin nature is cut off, but the least little thing sets you off. And you get upset. There's a root down in there that every time you see a young lady walk by, your eyes is looking. You better sanctify them eyeballs. And... And, and, and let me tell you, although the sin nature is cut off when you get saved, God is constantly working on you to dig those roots out. He's constantly working on you with that scalpel of the cross. And he's cutting out the, the hard things. You see, I heard a man give his testimony one time. He said, Brother James, he said, when I got saved, the Lord delivered me from pornography. He delivered me from drugs. He delivered me from alcohol. He delivered me from cigarettes. He delivered me from all that music I was listening to. God delivered me from all of that. Then he started on the hard stuff like jealousy, envy, malice, anger. Are you, are you here? That's the hard stuff. Gossip. That's God the Holy Ghost, and they're cutting out some roots. Some roots that you didn't even realize was there. And when he gets to cutting, brother, let me tell you, it hurts a little bit. But you have to lay down on his operating table every day. It's not a one-time thing, ladies and gentlemen. You get up every day and you lay down on God's operating table and you let God operate in your heart and life and let him cut away the things that don't need to be there. Amen. 
And he'll show you things that you didn't even know was there. Some ugly things. And by faith, every day, if you'll let him, he'll cut away racism. He'll deal with that tongue that's talking ugly. Those evil thoughts that come into your mind, God will deal with that. But you have to let him do it every day by faith. Lord, have your way in my heart and life. As the song says, I surrender all. It ain't I surrender some. It's I surrender all. All right. You say, well, Brother James... What if I die on the operating table? Let me tell you something. God has never lost a patient. God has never lost a patient. If you will place your faith in the operation of God and lay down on that operating table of the cross and let Jesus Christ work in your life, you will not die you will be alive a matter of fact paul said colossians 2 and verse 13 and you hath he quickened or made alive together with him having forgiven you all trespasses all your sins is gone glory to god never to be remembered against you anymore all right Let's deal with baptism a little bit. I've just about run out of time. Baptism. Romans chapter 6 and verse 3. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ. It says nothing about water. It says you were baptized into Jesus Christ and you were baptized into his death. Again, as I stated earlier, baptism means to come into union with. It has the same meaning of a man and a woman joining together in holy matrimony, marriage, union. You come into union with Christ. And when you get married, there are benefits. If you married a young man, got plenty of money, you got some benefits. Understand this too, when you get married, there might be a little baggage there. You better find out what kind of baggage you're going to be dealing with. But when you get married to Jesus Christ, there is no baggage. <laughs> Glory to God. There's only His blood that washes you and cleanses you. And God's got good things for you. He's got good things for you. And you need, to, just as in a marriage relationship, you need to be faithful to your husband or to your wife. When it comes to Christianity, you're married to Jesus Christ. You're in union with Him. You need to be faithful to Christ. He is to supply your every need. That's why purpose-driven life is not of God. It causes you to commit the sin of spiritual adultery because you're placing your faith in something else other than Christ and what He did to satisfy whatever need it is that you have in your heart. Understand this today. What Jesus Christ did at Calvary is enough to solve 
any problem you have. That's why any one of you today come up to me today and you say, Brother James, I need to talk to you about something. I got a problem here. You know what I'm going to tell you? Go to Jesus. He's the counselor. You need a scalpel. The scalpel of the cross. To cut away whatever it is in your life that needs to be cut away. Know ye not that so many of us as were baptized into Jesus Christ were baptized into his death. In the mind of God, when Jesus died on Calvary, you died with him. The old man. Matter of fact, he said, move down to verse 6, Julie, if you will. Romans 6, verse 6. Knowing this, that our old man is crucified with him, that the body of sin might be destroyed. That's the sin nature. That's the sin nature. Cut off, being destroyed, put away. That henceforth we should not serve sin. Again, this is that circumcision made without hands that God performs, and because of that operation in your life, you are no longer in bondage to the sin nature. You're no longer a slave to sin. You don't have to do that anymore. Glory to God. Baptism. Baptism into Christ. Into His death. Into His burial. Into His resurrection. And glory to God because He lives we can live also. I'm not finished with this message. So come on back next week and we'll try to finish it up. If the program today has been a blessing to you and you would like to have a free CD copy of this message, just give us a call or text us at 252-299-4234. You can also go to establishedinthefaith.com. There you will find today's message as well as many others that are in podcast form. But perhaps you need someone to just talk to or to just pray with you about something. Again, just give us a call at 252-299-4234. This program is an outreach ministry of friendship, Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. As well, depends on the prayerful and generous financial support of listeners like you. To contact us or to contribute to this ministry, go to establishedinthefaith.com, click on the Donate tab. It's easy and all donations are safe and secure through PayPal. You can also mail us at Established in the Faith, P.O. Box 601, Bailey, North Carolina, 27807. We look forward to hearing from you. Hello, I'm Haven. And I'm Juliana. And you've been listening to Established in the Faith with our dad, James Pierce. He's the pastor of Friendship Free Will Baptist Church over in Middlesex, North Carolina. That's right, girls. And now we're having worship service inside the church every Sunday morning at 930. As well, we're also having Bible study and prayer meeting every Wednesday night at 7 o'clock. All of these services are being broadcast to the parking lot for those who wish to participate drive-in style. And the church is located at 744 Friendship Church Road in Middlesex, North Carolina, near the EMED community. 
On the website, if you click on the Contact Us tab, Google Maps will bring you right to us. We would love to have you, and we hope to see you there. And we hope today's program has been a blessing to you. Thank you for listening, and God bless you.